Oh, heaven. 
little understanding of God, that we would speak to them graciously, that we would be kind, loving, compassionate, not condescending in how we would talk to people. Sometimes love isn't warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it can be difficult to do in certain situations. But I believe that it also, when it speaks of that grace, that we are to speak of the grace of God. And as Christians, when we have experienced that, we recognize and realize how necessary it is that we have a gracious God. Because if it wasn't so, we would not have any hope. But then it also says, seasoned with salt. And I believe that this gives us some insights into the reason that God, Christ came. I believe that when it speaks of us as the salt of the earth, and I don't know whether I should go into that, I believe that there is a lot in that word salt. Um, salt, we look at it, and now this is getting into the chemical composition, but it's made up of two parts. There's sodium and there's chloride. Sodium is a, a beautiful, shiny silver metal, but the instant that it's exposed to air, it starts to deteriorate. If we see sodium salt, it just looks like a white powder. And I believe that it speaks of the judgment of God. It's pure and glorious, but as soon as it's exposed to humans, it starts to deteriorate. If you take and take pure sodium and throw it into water, it will literally explode. And I believe that it speaks that if that's all there was in this word of God, it would be devastating to us. God's judgment is definite and final, and it condemns us. The other part, chlorine, we use for purifying, say, water, and it makes it drinkable, but we can only have small parts of it, or else it kills us also. But God, in His wisdom, is able to put those together, and I believe it's a picture of His righteousness and His judgment. And we know as Christians that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And God demands absolute, complete perfection to attain heaven. And I think that when we speak to people, when it says that we are to speak salt, season it with salt, if someone does not know that that is what God requires, then why is the grace necessary? And you can speak to someone of grace all day, but if there is no need for it, then it is something that, why would they have a desire to have it? And yes, we understand that grace is wonderful, but human nature tends to overlook a lot of these things. 
But if a heart is touched by the Spirit of God, and it is recognized that there is something beyond this life, something that we look forward to, and we get a glimpse, and I believe that it is probably impossible for us as humans to understand very fully either the glories of heaven or the horrors of hell. But we would speak to people of those things, and we would speak of the God and what He requires. But then it is where that grace comes in. And we know that Jesus, and it's at the end of, in various forms, at the end of all the Gospels, and put, I guess, in my words are the simplest form, we're to speak repentance and remission of sins. And as humans, when we look at that repentance, it is something that it rubs us the wrong way. It's very difficult for us to overcome our natures. And yet, in reality, the fact that God has made it that we can repent, even that is a very gracious act. And it tells us that godly sorrow worketh repentance. We as people, we can cause people to be sorrowful, but I don't believe that we can cause of ourselves or our humanness we can get on someone's case, we can be angry with them, but only that Spirit of God can cause Godly sorrow for what we are, the sin that we have done or fallen into. And yet, that Spirit can do that. And I don't believe that as Christians it's our job to change someone's mind, convince someone what they are, we are to share the truth and the complete truth of God's word that repentance is required that there is forgiveness available for those things where it can be found that God dwells in the hearts of his believers and if we're looking to him that's as far as we have to look <coughs> Sorry to interrupt. Um, just looking for the owner of the great four that's part of the side of the hall. We need to move. Is anyone in here? Oh, I might, but is it a truck? Yeah, a pickup truck, a four-day four-fifty. It's a dark green. Out in the roadway? Yeah, just in this. We just need to access the back side of our arena. We can just get it moved. Thank you. Hello. And that God, He knew these things. It tells us even before He formed the world, He knew these things. And He provided that Savior. And He came and He was lived in the perfection that God required. It's an amazing thing for me as a human. 
to believe when I look at my nature that he was able to walk uh, the life of as many years as he did and be constantly in the will of God and yet it is so he walked in righteousness and then died on the cross and paid for my sin for your sin and there's no one the Bible tells us that we can't share that message that he didn't pay for their sins also and the amazing thing is that sin no longer has to be the problem that divides man and God Christ covered that. The question becomes, are we willing to believe that? Are we willing to repent of our sin? Even repent of our trying to be good enough and look to Him for forgiveness. As I started to say, we don't, I believe, have to worry about trying to convince people We just simply share the truth. And that Spirit of God can work in any heart. And we can leave that with God. It says that we can sow and we can water, but we leave the increase to God. And I think that that Perhaps, if we look at ourselves, it's easier to do what I can say. But when I recognize that God can overcome this nature, that He can lead and guide me, and if I say, keep me into line, keep me in line, that's a bit of a poor way to put it sometimes. If He can do that, there isn't anybody that that spirit can't work in. Or that he can't move that heart. And then we can be there. And we can share that message that they can believe. All our faults, failures, doubts, that they're forgiven. Why? Because the blood of Christ covers them. And because of the power of his name, we can put our faith in that. And the Bible tells us that that's where we are at. The gates of heaven are open and we can look forward to judgment day knowing that God will say, come be blessed. And in spite of what is we see going on in the world, and in spite of how busy the devil is and how prevalent so much of evil seems to be, we have the privilege of knowing the end result. And we have the privilege of being able to share the most wonderful message that there is with man. That is, or sorry, I should say, that is available to mankind. And we can do it in simplicity. I believe that verse tells us, gives us some direction on how we can do that. 
I remember, and I, I guess I've experienced it, both in listening and in sharing. I remember an old minister one time saying that if there's nothing else that we seem to be able to come up with, let's simply share what Christ has done for us. And I know of listening to people, and sometimes it's a pretty simple message, sometimes it's pretty deep, and sometimes it's very miraculous. But it's at that point, we're sharing that. It isn't something that's a theory. It isn't something that we've just read. It's not something that someone can change our mind on because we've experienced it. It isn't something that we're talking about has happened in someone else's life, although we can do that at times. It's happened in our life. It's happened in our hearts. It's not a theory. It's reality. And we don't have to try to convince someone that it is anything different. What God has done for me. And it's simply that if I say this, He knows what I am. He knows my inability to live up to what He requires. But He's also provided Christ to I put it in my words, stands beside me and says, this is my child. He has my righteousness and I've paid for him. And we can rejoice in the fact that we know when we pass from this life to the next, where we're going. May God add his blessing to his word. Amen.